Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another Future Brew on MazeandBrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today, as always, John Simmons. John, how was your Memorial Day? It was pretty good. Nice and relaxing. Got the pool open, so go swimming. Uh, and a good day for Michigan football. Yeah, that's for sure. The The entire, well, Sunday heading into Monday was uh, two really good days for, for Michigan football on the recruiting trail. As you mentioned, it started on Sunday when uh, four-star linebacker Junior Colson committed to the program. He is uh, listed at 6'2", 228, out of Brentwood, Tennessee, uh, and then on Monday, Memorial Day, more good news. Another four-star linebacker decided to join the fold uh, in Michigan's 2021 recruiting class. His name is Jaden Hood. He is from St. Thomas Aquinas, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He's 6'1", 212. Uh, these are probably the top two linebacker uh, prospects on Michigan's board uh, that were remaining. And now that they're in the fold, uh, Michigan now has four linebackers total in their 2021 class. Those two guys, along with Casey Finney and Tyler McLaurin, who had already been committed, obviously. So uh, linebackers pretty much done at this point. We'll talk about some defensive recruits later on, but let's stick with these guys for now. Let's start with Junior Colson. Uh, he's a pretty versatile player. He can cover uh, really well uh, in, in pass defense. Uh, but he can also rush the passer really well. Uh, pretty good tackler from what I've seen on film. 
Uh, he, he's kind of a do-it-all do it all linebacker. He, he's been brought up in talks. I, I believe he had been quoted as saying that they wanted to use him as Jabril Peppers, kind of like that versatile defensive player that they've got. And uh, he could certainly be a guy like that who rushes the passer, drops back in coverage, does kind of a little bit of everything. So uh, you've got scouting reports on both these guys already on mazebrew.com. Uh, let's talk about Colson first, though. What do you like about his game, and what exactly does he bring to Don Brown's defense? Yeah, I think you hit on it pretty well. He, he plays really well in space. That's including coverage, you know, uh, blitzing, tackling guys in the open field. Uh, Colson's really athletic and does that well, and he's only in his uh, second year playing linebacker. He was a wide receiver before, so he still has a lot of room to grow, too, which is good to see and while uh, still keeping that like fluidity that he had as a receiver so you like that as uh, for sure uh, yeah I know the, the coaches have been saying they want him to be their Viper candidate which is uh, kind of interesting because I had him you know watching the tape I figured he would be a good uh, will backer uh, maybe growing into a mic but I think uh, Viper is interesting uh, he, he does blitz pretty well um, my, my issue with with like the coaches, they always had him blitz from so far out. So it's not like he was getting a lot of pressure because he had to go from covering the slot into blitzing the quarterback without, you know, creeping up beforehand. So I I would like to see more in those positions where he's up on the line and he can uh, get to the quarterback like that. Uh, And he also in run defense, sets the the edge really well. He's can find uh, the tackle, find the ball, uh, good instincts. He's kind of the captain of the defense there for his school which is uh, a good sign to uh, help see the field early for sure. And so, yeah, I think he's got a lot of upside still. He's still pretty new uh, to the linebacker position, so I think he has a lot of room to grow. It'll be definitely a good get for Michigan. Yeah, I I kind of agree with all of that. it, It is interesting that they're recruiting him, I mean, allegedly, I guess, as Viper. Um I mean, kind of the way that the linebackers all flow, They these guys want the versatility on defense. Tom Brown and, and Gene Marie and all those guys, they want versatility so you can stay on the field. Very rarely did you see a guy like Devin Bush come off the field, but uh, there were a few other Wolverines in recent history that would come off the field. And, you know, a guy like maybe Josh Uche on third downs would come in and, and rush the passer. You, you want guys that can kind of do it all. And I think Junior Colson probably wouldn't be a guy that would come off the field very often. He can pretty much do it all. But yeah, I mean, I I think he can definitely work on his rushing to the quarterback, but he's already pretty good. I mean, as a high schooler, he's already pretty good linebacking uh, pass coverage. I I really liked that film that I saw, and he's good at making up uh, ground as well. So you, you alluded to it as speed and space on defense. I think that's kind of a pretty good way to put it. He's definitely fast. It can make up ground pretty quick. So this is uh, certainly a good addition here for Michigan. He picked Michigan over schools like Florida State, Tennessee. Tennessee was like the big, the the in-state school that was uh, creeping up in the recruitment. But he had other offers from LSU, Mississippi State, Oklahoma, Penn State, Oregon, uh, places along those lines. So he had some really good offers, and he's, I believe, ranked yeah number 116 overall on the composite, number two in the state of Tennessee, and the number eight outside linebacker. So clearly uh, a fringe top 100 player, definitely a guy that 
you would want, regardless of if you're Michigan or wherever you're you're recruiting kids. Uh, he's he's a kid that's pretty much being recruited by by everybody, and they've they've got his uh, results on twenty four seven here, and this is from the opening regional last year. They listed him uh, as a four point seven seven forty yard dash, which uh, which is pretty good. Uh, I would like it to be a little bit faster than that, but that's still pretty good at a four point three one shuttle time. Uh, that's pretty good as well. So uh, definitely a lot to like here. Uh, if you're Michigan, you're br- bringing him in. You've already got some depth uh, at linebacker, so you don't need to rush him in by any means. Uh, so I, I think he's going to probably. Uh, I think you could see the field a few games, maybe in, in backup relief, like in the end of the games, like they typically do uh, with these kids. Like Carson Barnhart last year had uh, a few games in relief on the offensive line, and you see, you've seen countless guys on defense uh, get some reserve snaps as well. So I, I think he's probably fit for that role. His freshman year might be able to preserve the red shirt. Uh, just depending on what happens, if there's injuries or things along those lines. Uh, but I, I think he's probably bound for a redshirt year. But honestly, that would probably be a pretty good thing if you're Michigan. Yeah, I think you're definitely right that he'll have uh, some competition at the linebacker spot before he gets there, whether it be Viper or outside backer. I do think he will play special teams. Um, I kind of think that they will burn his redshirt just because they've – I think under Harbaugh the last few years have shown that they're if you're not like an offensive lineman or a quarterback, you know, or a clearly like developmental guy, they'll kind of just let you, you know, play in a bunch of games. I think it was like Anthony Solomon this past year as a true freshman played in every game on special teams without ever really seeing the field as yeah. a, you know on defense. So I think that could definitely be his role as a freshman and then go in and compete. Um, so yeah, and go back to his recruitment. Like it was, it was, I think this, the, the real big first win for Brian Jean Marie as at Michigan, um, you know, he's got McLaurin and Finney, uh, committed as at linebacker as well, but this is the real big guy that, um, had a lot of other big schools coming after him. And he definitely, uh, had a good connection with Colson. They're both, uh, from Haiti, you know, Colson's, uh, parents died in the big earthquake back in 2010 he was adopted by a family in tennessee whose mom has happened to be a huge michigan fan so uh michigan had that advantage and you know gene marie being from haitian of haitian descent as well uh definitely helped that relationship for sure so yeah uh tennessee was definitely a threat for a while uh given how uh you know, on fire they were on the trail, but I think Michigan's, you know, relationships in the end and uh, his just existing familiarity with the program really helped them out here. And I, yeah, uh, I think Gene Marie's going to be a really good recruiter for Michigan going forward. I don't know how long he's going to stay, stay here, but I think he's definitely going to be a huge asset on the trail. Kind of makes you forget about that other guy that bolted for Ole Miss. What was his name? Uh, 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 no, I know. Yeah. <laughs> kind of makes you forget about him. Uh, with, with all of the recruiting success that uh, Gene Marie has had early on here. Yeah, he, uh, he with, with Partridge. Ole Miss was in his top five. So, Yeah, yeah, he certainly did. Uh, not to say that Chris Partridge wasn't a good recruiter by any means. He definitely was. He was the reason why tons of those Jersey kids ended up coming to Michigan, Rashawn Gary included, the number one overall recruit in his class. So, yeah, Chris Partridge, great recruiter, but 
uh, Gene Marie, he's kind of dipping his hands into some areas that Michigan hasn't really recruited super well as of late. Florida definitely being one of them. And we'll talk about Jaden Hood being from Florida in a second, but dipping his hand into Florida, dipping his hand into Texas. Uh, You haven't landed any kids from Texas yet, but he's got Michigan in the conversation for a lot of those uh, Texas kids. So, yeah, I mean, it seems to be going well for Gene Marie so far. Uh, Colson being his first real big reel in uh, on the recruiting trail. So let's talk about Jaden Hood uh, with him being the second uh, target that Gene Marie has landed uh, in as many days. So as I alluded to earlier, he's from Florida. Um, one of Jean Marie's real big recruiting spots. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they keep recruiting Florida and uh, St. Thomas moving forward. They've had a few kids from St. Thomas over the last few years. Uh, Hood just continuing that, obviously. Uh, he is ranked 298 on the composite, uh, the number 11 inside linebacker and number 48 player in the state of Florida. Uh, so they've got a ton of great kids in the state of Florida as they usually do. Uh, he chose Michigan over schools like Alabama, Miami, Florida, Florida state, Penn state, LSU. Um, and I believe Minnesota was up there uh, for a little bit as well. So beat out big 10 school, beat out, uh, several top schools down South. Uh, so obviously a big recruiting win uh, for Brian Jean Marie and Jim Harbaugh. So, uh, let me ask you this, because these two guys are very different linebackers. Jaden Hood is more so in that uh, he, he's definitely going to be the middle linebacker for Michigan. Um, he, he's not going to play Viper or outside or anything along those lines. He is he's he fits the mold for what they look for in middle linebackers. He is like a, a, I don't want to compare him to Devin Bush because Devin Bush is like a guy in his own world. I, he, he was, I mean, obviously you're a guy in your own world. If you're the, uh, if you're a top 10 pick in the NFL draft and, uh, an all American, uh, certainly at a position that Michigan hadn't really had a lot of those in recent memory. So I'm not going to compare him to Devin Bush quite exactly, but he kind of fits the mold of a Devin Bush. He's a smaller kind of guy. He's sideline to sideline speed. He hits really hard. So when you think of it, yeah, it does sound like Devin Bush, but again, I'm not going to raise the uh, expectation level for this kid just because of that, but he does fit that mold of a middle linebacker for U of M. Yeah. I think a lot of people are uh, fighting the urge to compare it to Devin Bush. I did the same thing in my scouting report, both because the on-field play and also, you know, he's a South Florida kid. They had almost the exact same composite rating like hood right now is 89 81 and bush was an 89 51 like it's eerily close um very similar yeah yeah for sure and so i think uh yeah you don't want to compare him to an all-american guy but they do have similar games he's a uh, hood you know has the same well not the same type of speed but he's um uh, he gets the sideline to sideline really quickly uh he finishes off his blocks with a lot of power and violence. So the speed and power combination is what people see and remind him of Bush for sure. And I definitely like that a lot in his game. I think he's really good at cutting through blocks, getting off blockers to, uh, to get to the ball. There are a couple of clips on his film that I really liked where the guys just got queen shots at him and it barely moved uh, hood off his path. 
And I think, you know, it helps that he's, uh, has a wrestling background. He qualified for States as a sophomore. Um, so I think he's, he's got really good balance and agility and, uh, there's people are talking about how he could be underrated because, you know, he, he's at St. Thomas Aquinas now, but he just transferred in. He hasn't played football for them yet. He spent his first three seasons at Cardinal Newman, which is a pretty small school in like the three, a classification. Um, so he's jumping up to a big time. So if he adjusts well, um, he's going to get a lot more eyeballs at on him at Aquinas since they've been a football powerhouse forever. And uh, if he keeps that level of play up, then he could definitely be a candidate for a rise in the rankings. And also, you know, with how uh, services like 24-7 evaluate linebackers now, he's the type of guy that you see with a Devin Bush or a Devin White uh, getting drafted in the top 10 overall. So, like, that's the kind of uh, body you, you look for, that type of frame and, and mm-hmm. skill set. Yeah, well, Andrew Evans, uh, the Miami insider for 24-7, he uh, projects him to be a power five starter. And uh, one of the quick blurbs here in his uh, scouting report is a high intensity football player. That's always in chase mode. So I don't know. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's like a good thing or a bad thing. If he's always in chase mode, then it implies that he's catching up to somebody, but high intensity football player, that means he's kind of just constantly on the go. So there's no stop mode for this kid. So I, I think while it could be a good thing, it could be a bad thing at the same time with the over pursuits and things along those lines. That's kind of the, the, uh, the downside that you get with, with kids that are really fast and high intensity and always just want to, you know, hit, someone right away. Um, you got that out of Devin Bush in the first year or so of, of his uh, college career. So yeah, you're probably bound to get that out of hood as well. Obviously these things can be fixed and, uh, clearly a a good addition to Michigan's football program. They're probably going to need a middle linebacker by the time he gets on campus, who knows what camera groans future holds. He could bolt for the NFL early like Devin Bush did, uh, obviously the, uh, next coming middle linebacker at Michigan would, I, I would imagine probably be Charles Thomas, but we haven't heard a ton about him in the last year or so. Uh, so I have no idea what to expect out of him. Uh, I would imagine he probably get some playing time this next season. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're going to need a guy to fill in anyways. So Jaden Hunt definitely seems to fit the mold for what Don Brown looks for in his middle linebacker. So, uh, clearly a good uh, addition to the program and a very productive one at that. He compiled over a hundred tackles last year, uh, during his junior season. I believe he had a few forced fumbles and a couple interceptions as well. Um, seven sacks, four forced fumbles, two interceptions. So, uh, pretty good, uh, stat wise for him, uh, his junior year. So like you said, if he's able to perform at a high level at St. Thomas, he would probably bolt up the rankings just like you had mentioned, given the fact that Devin Bush and Devin White were both top 10 picks in the NFL draft. That's kind of what 24-7 looks for in their evaluations of players is, is how high they get drafted into the NFL because their rankings are all pretty much based off of NFL draft projections. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of room for improvement with him. And I could certainly see him jump up the rankings if uh, he is able to improve his senior season. Hopefully a senior season is to be had so he can improve it. 
Otherwise, probably see a dip of the rankings just given how it's been going with 24-7 these past uh, few months with uh, constant re-rankings and things along those lines. So uh, a lot to like again, and uh, I'm pretty excited about Jaden Hood uh, joining Michigan. Yeah, definitely. He's going to be a good one for sure. And I think uh, now that uh, the linebacker class is pretty much wrapped up at the end of May, get Gene Marie able to go help out in a lot of other recruitments. You know, the Dallas Turner also at Heritage now with McBurrows and uh, Hood there committed. I think he'll be a top target that uh, Gene Marie can help out on. Um, you know, Ishmael Ibrahim and uh, J.D. Coffey, the defensive backs from Texas. I think those are other guys that uh, he'll be able to help out a lot in. Um, you know, 2022, linebacker is not going to be a big need. And they already have Josh Burnham, the the top uh, 75 player from in-state has all 100% crystal balls right now at outside linebacker. So he seems like a pretty good shot to land at Michigan. So I think you can mm-hmm. just focus a lot of attention right now on other top 2021 targets and, you know, kind of be of a jack of all trades guy helping out the other guys being secondary recruiters. And I think that'll, that'll help pay off later on in the cycle. That's a really good point And something that I honestly had not thought about is, is yeah. I mean, you get your best recruiter, getting into some of these other recruitments uh yeah who knows what could happen uh you bring up dallas turner who is a very interesting prospect they had him originally listed as a linebacker but now they got him as a weak side defensive end and he bolted up the rankings he's up to 46 now and uh of course he's at st thomas aquinas already so who knows if uh, that relationship with Jaden hood will maybe help sway him to uh consider Michigan, uh, he is still considering Michigan, but I feel like Georgia and Alabama are probably the uh, top schools in that recruitment at this point. So, yeah, I mean, really good point you make about Gene Marie kind of opening up uh, the horizons there for what you can do with him recruiting some of these other really highly ranked kids, not only in this 2021 class, but future classes as well. So, yeah, really good point you bring up there. But, uh is there uh, anything else on these two guys that you wanted to bring up that uh, we hadn't already? Uh, nope, I don't think so. Okay. Well, Michigan is now at uh, the number six overall class in 2021, according to uh, 24-7's composite ranking. You got Ohio State still the juggernaut at one, Tennessee at two, Clemson three, North Carolina four. Somehow USC has bounced back in a big way recruiting-wise. They're at five. Michigan, of course, now at six, uh, looking into the top five. So uh, definitely a lot of room to grow there. Michigan now with 15 commitments, linebackers pretty much done. So after our quick break here, we will talk about some other top defensive targets that Michigan can now focus on. So we'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. And if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back. As I alluded to before our break, uh, we are going to wrap up this week's podcast talking about some other defensive prospects that Michigan can now hone in on uh, outside of the linebacker position. Now that linebacker is pretty much done, they got four in the class uh, with, of course, the last two commitments being at linebacker. So you can now focus on the defensive line and the secondary. So let's just start right there at the defensive line with a couple guys uh, right at the top of their list with Quentin Somerville. He's been a longtime top target uh, for Michigan. They've been recruiting him for quite a while. Um, Sean Nua has been recruiting him since uh, he was actually uh, the defensive line coach at Arizona State. So it's been a long time coming in that recruitment. He is uh, listed at uh, uh, 6'1", 230, although I, I kind of think the 6'1 thing is is not super accurate. I think he's more 6'2", 6'2 maybe 6'3", uh, but he is uh, number 152 on the composite. And then another defensive lineman uh, that we had talked about recently on the podcast, George Rooks. He is from Jersey City, New Jersey. He's more so the 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 middle of the pack uh, or middle of the line, I should say, on the defensive line at D tackle. He's listed at 6'4", 260. Uh, definitely a lot of room uh, for him to grow uh, into that typical defensive tackle mold. Uh, so a couple defensive linemen there, and uh, they're still recruiting Jay Toye. He's been committed to USC for a little while. Uh, at, not really much has been said about him recently, uh, but that's another recruitment that Sean Nua is uh, uh, pretty active in. So uh, three defensive linemen there that Michigan is still going after. Uh, certainly, I would say that Michigan is in it for all three. Um, obviously, Jay Toye is the one that is definitely on the outside looking in, but Michigan certainly has a pretty good chance with uh, both Rooks and with Somerville, with Somerville uh, getting a few crystal balls recently, and with Rooks having a crystal ball to Michigan as well. Yeah, I think it's uh, kind of Sean Newest time here to, to lay some big-time guys like Gene Marie did. Somerville yeah. definitely seems like a good shot. He'll probably have to wait till the de- uh, recruiting dead period ends and he can get on visit for an official. Uh, but once he does that, I think it's pretty clear that Michigan is uh, – at the top there, uh, he, he'll probably join. I, I mean, it's hard to say, but I think he'll commit to Michigan either on his visit or pretty soon after. Um, he's, he's slid a little bit in the rankings because of those height concerns, like you said. Um, but, yeah, I think that um, Michigan will probably get a good measurement on him when he when he takes a visit, and that'll determine if they go full steam ahead or not. Um, Rooks is an interesting one. He's... Uh, List as defensive tackle, but they want him to play defensive end. We'll see how that works out. I think he's got a good frame to put on the way to be at least a three-tech anchor guy. 
Um, yeah. You know, my, Miami and Syracuse are going after him. His dad played at Syracuse. Um, and St. Peter's Prep is the high school he plays for in New Jersey. is pretty tough to get kids out of because it's it's like a lockdown school for Notre Dame. Uh, and so they Notre Dame was recruiting him for a while, and they looked like the leader for a time. But then they kind of cooled off after they got a, another player, I'm pretty sure. Um, so that'll probably be the opportunity for Michigan to jump in there. And it would be good to, you know, kind of get their foot in the door. At that school, you know, a lot of uh, former targets have gone there that Michigan wanted, but eventually, you know, like uh, Shane Simon, I think, went there, who, you know, ended up at Notre Dame. So that would be a good pipeline to establish as well. And then, yeah, Toy is another one where I think the the, uh, dead period really hurt because he didn't really have a chance to to visit Michigan in the spring or take an official like he said he would. Uh, And then, meanwhile, USC is actually doing pretty – well again the recruiting trail so he's probably not as uh you know worried about the team's future as he was before but then if the season gets played and usc is once again like fighting for bowl eligibility then i think they could open it up again for sure and then uh one other guy we should mention is rayshad benny the in-state defensive tackle who listed yeah. at ot but michigan it's his preference to be recruited defensive line and michigan was uh, totally down to do that and was the first school to, to recruit him. So that's a that's a good start for Michigan. Um, he's a pretty quiet kid. Iowa is another school he's looking at hard. Um, I know Ohio State's sniffing around, but he may they may not have room for him, which is such a luxury to have. And Oak Park, <laughs> and, and Oak Park is another kind of school where Michigan should uh, would be would benefit from getting a little more traction at after you know justin rogers was there last year and it was a kind of a weird recruitment with him uh Jeremy hall they had back in 2017 but then he didn't qualify and then transferred to central western and didn't qualify there so that doesn't really seem like it's michigan's fault but there may be some tension there so hopefully benny can uh help smooth things over and his mom's a huge michigan fan so that's good to have her in the uh their corner as well Absolutely. Always good to have uh, mom on board, just like with Junior Colson's mom. Junior Colson's mom, I believe, attended U of M. Big Michigan fan. Um, so, yeah, obviously the mom always helps. No doubt about it. Um, another defensive lineman that I wanted to bring up really quick is uh, Keyshawn Bennett, who received a couple of crystal balls to Michigan over the last few days. He's the uh, 6'4", 220 a strong side defensive end is what they got him listed at, but I could see him doing either one uh, out of Suffield, Connecticut. So uh, he's a four-star, number 329 on the composite, number one player in his state. So I uh, can't forget about him either. They're, uh, it's, it seems like they're quietly recruiting him because I haven't heard a ton about him specifically, but with the two crystal balls rolling in and with him being a Northeastern product, I can imagine that he's probably higher uh, on their board than what you would imagine. Yeah, the rationale for the crystal balls was kind of interesting. It was more like Michigan wants one of these outside linebacker defensive end hybrids. Dallas Turner's at the top of their board, but they're probably not going to get him, so we're just going to assume they're going to get Bennett afterwards. So (laughs) I don't really think it's based on like any strong leanings towards Bennett, although he certainly is interested in Michigan. I think it's more of a Michigan owns the Northeastern recruiting and he's a good player yeah. that's on their board. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely one to look out for in the future. 
that's for sure. And I do for like sure. his his role, um, you know, being kind of a a hybrid guy that can that can rush the pass rush the passer. And uh, I I think he'd be really good. He he'd be more of a developmental guy uh, as opposed to like a Turner who could probably play day one. I think he'll take a little more time to develop, but he he could definitely be a good one in a couple of years. Yeah, I kind of think so too. He would probably be a guy that they kind of just uh, hang on to and see how he develops and then you kind of figure out a spot for him. So I, I think that would probably be in his future if he commits to Michigan for sure. So uh, definitely a lot of defensive line prospects to choose from. Uh, we'll definitely see how it all pans out. I think they'll end up getting a few of these guys. Obviously, they always do. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how all the dominoes fall and which guys end up committing first and which guys are kind of on the outside looking in. Uh, meanwhile, in the secondary, it's uh, it, it's interesting because I, I feel like the top targets are, are kind of changing every week. Um, one week, it seemed like Donovan McMillan at safety was one of their top targets. And then Ryan Barnes, who could play safety or cornerback, seemed like a top target. And at one point in time, Tyreek Chappell, a cornerback from Philly, seemed like he was a top target. And, and they're kind of all up there. But I just don't know who is that number one guy. I don't know if you have any ideas or predictions or anything, but they're kind of recruiting all these guys. And I, I don't know who they're really recruiting the hardest. I've talked with Ryan Barnes plenty over the last few weeks, so I kind of know how much they're talking to him. And they're talking to him quite a bit. Um, so I would anticipate he's probably up there, if not number one, probably number two. Uh, but they obviously have interest in uh, Tyreek Chapel as well, who had already mentioned. Uh, Donovan McMillan probably being the last safety guy that they would take in this class. He's a 6'2", 193. He's also from Pennsylvania. He's a borderline four-star, but uh, he is a three-star right now. And uh, definitely can't forget uh, Sire Wright, the cornerback uh, from Loyola High School in Los Angeles, California. He's a top 100 guy. Obviously, he knows about David Long's success at Michigan, so that kind of uh, jump-started his uh, interest in the maize and blue. He's 6'1", 175, number 71 overall on the composite. So there's a lot of guys there kind of like defensive line. I feel like defensive line, you kind of know who the top guys are, but here it's kind of just it's kind of a mixed bag. Uh, it, one, one day you can think that this guy is a top target, or number one, and then the next day you could think the other guy's number one. So who, who do you think's their number one go-to guy? Uh, because they're kind of recruiting just defensive backs. They're not really recruiting corners or safeties at this point. Yeah, I think if I had to pick one, I would say Ryan Barnes because um, he can play both the safety and quarterback position, and that's what the, uh, the versatility they really want. I do think he's trending hard towards Notre Dame right now, so that's probably – not as likely as it was even like, you know, when we talked about it last week. So I don't, I think that uh, he may be off the board too soon to the Irish. So after him, I think uh, McMillan definitely at safety. I think that safety is a little more clear than cornerback. I think McMillan's the the clear number one guy. Um, He's from Pennsylvania. He has Bob Shoup and Mike Zordich uh, going after him who are both from the state as well. So I think that's a really good pairing to have recruiting him. Yeah. Um, he's, I think he's 
relatively open. Um, Michigan's definitely in his top group, like top uh, group within his top group, you know, if you know what I mean. Um, he's got, you know, Oklahoma, LSU offers coming in. I think uh, Penn State and Texas A&M are also tough ones that he'll be looking at a lot. So uh, he's definitely a guy that Michigan should try to get on campus as soon as they can, um, as well as uh, Terry Chappell, who is another Pennsylvania cornerback who looks like a lean towards Texas A&M right now. Um, I don't know what the connection is there, but I think they uh, really like him. And if they can get Chappell on campus before he goes off the board as well, that would be another good uh, guy to, to grab before uh, he commits to another school or even – you know, uh, keep recruiting him for sure, like they do with a lot of other guys right now because, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of uncertainty and guys are committing early to save spots in the class. So uh, I think no matter what happens, they're going to keep recruiting these guys for a while. Yeah, I think so too. I think they want a few more guys. It doesn't really matter if it's a, a corner or safety because they're kind of just going after both at this point. But they've already got Rod Moore a uh, three-star safety committed to the class, and they've got Jane McBurrows, a three-star cornerback committed to the class. So it sounds like they're pretty open at this point as to uh, who, who, or well, not really who, but how they kind of round out their defensive backfield in this 2021 class. It's really interesting because I feel like they, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like they haven't really gone after these hybrid cornerback safeties all that much. I feel like it's typically either a corner or a safety, and they're clearly looking for versatility in their secondary now. Uh, and, and it's kind of, I guess, a foreshadow because at the end of the season last year, they had Vincent Gray doing a lot of cornerback and safety duties, uh, especially in that game against Alabama. Um, I think Don Brown actually brought this up in his uh, press conference Last week, uh, I believe he would talk about Vincent Gray and the versatility that he had uh, playing cornerback and safety. So I don't know if this is going to be something that we see out of all defensive backs at Michigan moving forward, but it'll be certainly interesting to see how they approach it going into this season and then also with how they approach it on the recruiting trail. It'll it'll certainly be intriguing to see how this shapes the rest of their board moving forward and kind of the guys that they recruit uh, in these uh, upcoming classes as well because 2022 they've got several top targets already established in that class um, with William Johnson obviously being the in-state kid who's uh, already got a national offer sheet so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how this all plays out too just because this is um, I feel like this is a very interesting time in uh, defensive recruiting especially in the secondary for U of M yeah I think maybe the last time I could think of guys who could play both was 2018 when they got Sammy Faustin and German Green or German Green I think is the brother who kind of plays both um that was just you know the class where they recruited all the the 6-2 long guys um, yeah who Gray's seems to be the only hit so far but uh, I think Zordich and Brown really like Faustin so we'll have to see um this season hopefully if he can break out or not um, so that would probably be the template for how a guy like Barnes could do at Michigan and maybe, you know, Fawson's ascendance is what makes them want to look at other guys like that. But yeah, usually just Ben corner or safety, you know, a guy like Daxon Hill can play wherever he wants, but that's not kind of the spirit mm-hmm. of the question. But yeah, it's definitely <laughs> a, a, an interesting uh, 
kind of philosophy. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, the cornerback recruiting this whole time, even since I wrote like the position previews in February, has been pretty jumbled and, you know, a lot of very fluid, I guess, um, a lot of moving pieces. So we'll see how it uh, ends up shaking out. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see how it all plays out because, yeah, it, it's just something that I haven't personally really remembered seeing in a recent Michigan recruiting history. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see this all kind of unfold. I'm just, uh, you know, we don't have any, well, I'm assuming at this point that we're not going to really have any fireworks to watch this year just because of the pandemic. So I'm pulling up my uh, lawn chair and I'm just going to see how this all plays out because, uh, at this point, this is pretty much one of the only entertaining things that we have left, John. I'm, I'm just, uh, I, I, I'm chomping at the bit to find entertaining things and this is it. (laughs) <laughs> this is this is near the top of my list. Yeah. So thankfully recruiting's only gotten more interesting, I think, without visits. You know, there's a lot more action. Kids are committing yeah. more, so that's the one thing that we can hold on to here. Yeah, no, it, it it's really true. Um you know, some kids are trying to hold out as long as they can. Obviously, I think Junior Colson was actually one that said um that you know, he he was hoping to take his visits, but if he wasn't able to, that he was just going to decide and he was going to be ready. And uh, clearly he was with his commitment on Sunday. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it'll be really interesting to see how uh, how many kids end up signing in December and how many kids end up decommitting because of all of this, um, you know, with not being able to take visits and maybe some kids end up committing early or whatever. So I'm excited to uh, watch it all unfold. But uh yeah, I believe that's all the time we got today. Uh, thank you for listening. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at? At Simmons underscore John. And follow Maze and Brew on Twitter at Maze and Brew. Give Maze and Brew a like on Facebook and Instagram. I, I always feel like I say Maze and Brew so many times <laughs> in that one little sequence. Follow, Yeah, just like and follow Maze and Brew on anything that you have social media. Uh, be sure to rate and subscribe to all of our podcasts and uh, uh, definitely give us some five stars. Um, you know, we're, we're going to try and uh, keep the show rolling as much as we can during this whole thing. So uh, hope to be back next week uh, for John Simmons. I am Vaughn Lozon and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Go blue.